Hey everyone, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And our question for today comes to us right off of our Facebook group page. So if you've not yet joined our Facebook group page, you're going to want to do that. Some really good discussion going on there. Just search out Wonder of Parenting and uh, and then hit uh, invite or join whatever the button says, and we'll let you in, and you can be a part of it. And every once in a while, uh, we'll notice that there are some questions that really garner a lot of energy. And today's question is one of them. And I think, Michael, that this is a great follow-up to a question we had a couple weeks ago about dressing boys up in uh, quote-unquote girls' clothes. Mm. And uh, so this one's a little different, but it, it's it's sort of in that same category in part because I think that, th- this is my hunch, that moms respond a bit differently to this question than dads do. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll tease that out together. So I'm going to read the question, and... Um, uh, and then we'll kind of get started here. So here's the question. And then again, there were a lot of responses to this on the Facebook page. A few times a week, I take a shower with my two boys, ages five and three years. My five-year-old is starting to ask questions about my body, especially my breasts, and tonight asked to touch them. He's very polite about it, and I know he's just curious and wants to learn. I don't have a problem with it, and I actually think it's good for him to see a real woman's body and learn to respect it. My husband doesn't understand why I let him do this, and I don't think he's really comfortable with it. My question is, when should I stop bathing with my kids? Now, (laughs) before we dive into that, let's just take a moment, let people think about the question, and let's give a shout out to our sponsors who are going to make it possible for us today to talk about this important question. Uh, Our first sponsor are the great folks. We've talked about them every week, and I hope if you haven't checked them out yet, you will do so the center of place of hope up in the Seattle area. If you go to uh, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, there's a link to them. Uh, We say this every week. Greg has written all kinds of books, about one a year, on various topics that have to do with mental health, emotional health, physical health. Their center is there to help people go through really tough times. And if you ever need them, Go to wonderofparenting.com and check out the Center of Place of Hope. And uh, then Michael's been working for the last several months with another organization doing some great work with boys called the Forge School. And Michael, what's the latest there? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was just back there in Tennessee uh, uh, and they're growing. The school is really growing. This is a residential treatment for boys 14 to 17 um, and uh, uh, it's out in 55 acres out in the woods, adventure therapy, river, river rafting, um, you know, really orienting rites of passage, really helping boys, uh, teen boys deal with their issues while being involved in adventure. And uh, so it's a really a great format. It's called the Forge School. It's a new school, although now, you know, as I say, it, it keeps growing and growing, adding more boys all the time. Um, and so now it's been it's it's existed for almost a year, uh, but now it's fully, you know, fully launched. And uh, I was just like I say, just out there working with the team and the staff and, and others in the community and even some of the parents. Um, just a great place. So the Forge School and it's on wonderofparenting.com. Excellent. So, uh, Michael, I know that this is an interesting question on a lot of different levels. I know in some 
uh, countries, some societies, this would be a no-brainer. What's the problem? Uh, in other societies, uh, ours may be one of them. A little bit of skittishness about it. Um, but you're you're always so good at, at getting us started, at least from brain science perspective. So, uh, what are your initial thoughts on this question? Yeah, yeah, I, I love the question. I mean, I I can't remember back to my and my mom's not alive anymore. But I was thinking, oh, it would be really interesting to call my mom. Uh, and say, when did I stop bathing with you? Obviously, I'm too old to remember that. But I, I, I think you know it's really normal for for moms and children and sons to bathe together. And three and five years old, you know, all within the range of normal. Uh, other cultures, as you've said, some of the cultures I've lived in, like India, you know, they're they're more they're they're more body oriented. They're not Puritan, so they don't really worry as much as we do about the body. They don't sexualize the body the way our culture does so they don't see in many cases i'm generalizing but in in many families there they're just not seeing a problem like uh like we in the u.s do so we in the u.s have some uh, have more questions about it than certain other parts of the world and and i think that's worth noting that it's kind of a cultural worry for the child um uh, and, and I'm not really saying anyone's right or wrong. Truthfully, I'm not saying the dad's wrong or the mom's wrong or either of them are right. I just think it's a cultural thing that people have to figure out in their families. From the child's point of view, uh, not really any damage going to be done to the child. Um, the child at a certain point, so these are boys, so we'll say the boys. The boys at a certain point, you know, are not going to be comfortable with it anymore. And um, they're not going to want to bathe with mom uh, and and we can to some extent let them lead that unless the parents are seeing something they don't like. Uh, I've I've certainly uh, heard of uh, six seven year old boys still bathing, you know, with mom once in a while. And um, and to her point, uh, to her point about showing the body, I, I'm you know I'm a nature person, right? Nature based theory. So I think the more people are aware of nature, the better. And for kids, it's great for them to see the nature of their mom's body and and when they touch her her breast that way that she can say you know I fed you from this and you know that's really mysterious to them and interesting uh so I wouldn't worry about it but it's a family culture thing so if there's a lot of pressure in the family and someone gets really worried in the family maybe it's the dad um and it's like I don't know I'm you know I think this is uncomfortable the weird questions are getting asked now what do we do with those questions then the family makes a decision and says, okay, you know, that's finished. We're not, I'm going to bathe. I can still bathe my five-year-old, the mom might say, but we're not going to be naked in the shower together. So a lot of this, what I'm saying is that it will evolve out on its own. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. 
The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. If it was a different question, if it was a dad saying uh, a few times a week I take a shower with my two girls, ages five and three, would would we be having a little different discussion or would we have the same discussion? Well, I think we'd be having, uh, it's a great question. I think we'd be having maybe a slightly different discussion because, again, our culture is so, well, two things. Our culture is, uh, is sexualizes bodies. So then you'd be the same for the dad. You know, if my if I'm with my three-year-old, will my three-year-old in some way be sexualizing in her brain my penis? And does that create an issue? Now for the three-year-old, remember, that doesn't make any sense. The three-year-old doesn't right. know sex at all. But right. for us, we do that. And then we have the second thing, which is just all the stuff about sexual abuse, you know, and all the worries about that and, and males perpetuating sexual abuse and all that's in our heads. And so, yeah, I have a feeling that culturally it, we would be much less comfortable uh, with that. And now I would have to ask Gail, because again, I don't remember. I have two daughters. I know I bathed with them. I cannot remember when, how old they were, um, when I didn't anymore. And since they are girls, I, I do recall that Gail did most of the bathing with them, but but I remember doing it, and I don't remember any problem. My kids had no problem, um, and I also remember uh, it, it evolving out. In other words, at a certain point, just naturally, either I or they just no longer were comfortable with it or, or didn't do it anymore. Mom took it over, and and that's so. I think we shouldn't have too big a different discussion, uh, but yeah, since a man's involved, we would we would have a different discussion. Yes. So uh, as I was reading the, um, all the different responses, and it was kind of the same thing we had when we talked about boys dressing up like girls, the, the overwhelming uh, sense I got, and I didn't read everything, and I didn't read them all necessarily carefully, I just tried to skim to get a sense, that the moms who chimed in really didn't see an issue with this, but there was some real hesitancy on the part of dads. Um, and so let's, let's from a... a to the best of your ability. I don't know if it's a brain science issue, but uh, why is it that, you know, even I get a little skittish. I think about my own granddaughters right now, and um, uh, one of them is now kind of the age where I think she's getting a little bit more, uh, you know, protective of her body in terms of people seeing it. But, you know, at a certain age with my granddaughters running around naked, I sort of find myself just feeling I need to turn away. I need to close the door. I need, I just need to not be there. Uh, is that just my own psychosis or is there something going on uh, in men? Uh, is there something going on in our society? What, what's the deal? Why are we so hesitant and women tend to be okay with it? 
Well, not psychosis or anything. I know you're, you're hyperbolizing. No, it's, right. I think that's natural too. I think we're, all of us are having natural responses to this. So, uh, so there's no right or wrong on this is what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, if this were going on at 10 or 12, yeah, then we'd argue against it. But at three and five, I just don't think there's any right or wrong. So we should start from that perspective. So then it's all about what's going on inside each of us. And I think there's, um, there is a protectiveness that dads would feel that perhaps a lot of people would feel, but now referring to you as a dad or grandpa and those fathers, that I think it comes out of a protectiveness. Um, they're, they're um, you know, men, we have our organs outside our bodies, right? Outside yeah. our torso. So they're really visible. So of course, we're going to, we're going to already have some, some questions about that, that women are not going to have being naked because their organs are inside their bodies, right? Their sexual organs are inside. So there isn't as much to see. That's going to be a difference for us. And and that's going to then make uh, all of us think in certain ways. And men are going to think in certain ways that are unconscious for them um, uh, because our organs are outside our bodies. And women are going to think in certain ways. So then we see a girl and she's naked and we're we're feeling protective, like, oh, I think you should cover up. And then is someone going to harm her? Right. And I think that's our protectiveness. Um, and, and it's all, it's all good. I, I would not say any, there's anything wrong with anyone who sees a, a naked girl running around saying, Hmm, I'm not comfortable. I think I'll go to another room. We do always want to remember though, that, that our thinking that, you know, to a great extent is in the context of the U S Mm -hmm. uh, or of Western culture, you know, that there are a number of cultures where that kind of nudity, if one goes to Africa, that kind of nudity, um, male or female at those ages is simply seen as nature. It's the body. Yeah. And, but for us, yeah, we're bombarded with, with all sorts of stuff. So we feel protective of our little girls. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I think it's Finland where they do saunas naked together. Is that I think Am it's I, Finland, I think throughout Finland. Scandinavia, yeah, 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 um, and um, you know, so again, I, I recognize that there are cultural differences, and of course, um, the pressure that we have here in the United States, where we hear so much now about um, male abuse of of girls and women, you right. know, I think we're, we're we just all have to filter through that. Um, as as a as a family that's really comfortable with this, because uh, I'm guessing families that aren't comfortable with it, they're not probably not going to do it. But for the families that are comfortable with it, are there some things that they want to watch for in terms of, you talked about it would naturally evolve where the kids will begin to say, uh, I'm not sure that this is appropriate or I don't want to shower with mom. Um, what are some things to look for where maybe you just as a parent say, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, my son's still comfortable, but maybe now we need to draw some boundaries. Are, are there any thoughts you have on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll go into two parallel lines here. One parallel line is, as this is evolving, uh, you know, for those kids who may have been sexually abused or something like that, there, that'd be a different signaling. You know, if they're, so I, I think we have to speak to that, even though none of that's the case here. But but you know there are kids who have been sexually abused and and they either are going to suddenly not want to be around they've been sexually abused by someone else suddenly not want to be around the mom's naked body or they might suddenly really want to be around it all the time so i want to just put that pebble in the pond and say you know we're not avoiding and answering this question the fact that some people are sexually abused and that that could be a different signaling that has to be watched for uh in the in the the norm, though, what I think we would watch for is the child, 
the, uh, this child is going to start asking questions that may are, are difficult and uncomfortable for us. So in this case, it's a mom and sons. She, uh, the boy might start, you know, pointing to the mom's pubic hair and to her clitoris in that area and saying, okay, what is that? Can I put my finger there? You know, that's, that's going to be uncomfortable. And that's, as the kid starts asking those questions and starts trying to do that kind of touch, which is really natural to the child, curiosity, then that's the signal, you know, and mom says, well, I got to tell you, these are my private parts. And so, you know, now it's time we don't bathe together anymore. And um, I will bathe you, but I won't be naked. And that's a developmental moment. And, you know, everyone, mom and dad will support the son in understanding that developmental moment. And the son will get over it very quickly. You know, the son won't, a week from now, the son won't be thinking about it anymore. So a lot of it is the, the questions that the son asks and the, the touch and where the son wants to touch. And, um, and, you know, breasts are different. Again, mom's organs are inside. So breasts are, breasts are, they are, uh, they are organs of sex. That's true. But they are, you know, to the child, they're, the easy thing there is this is how I fed you. So they're more um, related to that. Uh, if it moves toward other organs of the moms, then, then it's done. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to, they're going to say, okay, we're done. So yeah. I would just watch for what the child asks about. Uh, I, I think in part of, of some of these, um, these boys who are very attached to their moms, which may or may not be healthy. That's not my point, but um, maybe, um, you know, uh, the stereotypical mama's boy or the boy who, uh, you know, likes to sleep and cuddle with mom uh, at night, um, maybe, you know, harmless, but he's getting to be 10, 11 years old. Uh, does there come a point where, where mom says, um, even if the boy isn't ready to move on, does there come a point where mom says, uh, this maybe isn't healthy anymore? Okay, so moving to larger attachment. Uh, yeah separation yeah. yeah so yes i mean we like to we always will say there's no attachment is bad attachment right our baseline always is attachment and bonding with the care caregivers is good and and then okay so starting from that baseline then we start because we never want to give advice saying okay here here child's five push your child away right, right. no one wants to right. do that because attachment is good but yes at a certain part of attachment is separation and part of healthy attachment and healthy self-development for the child is is separation or individuation. And um, if uh, and mom and the parent community, mom, dad, whatever is the parent community, you know, need to support each other and have conversations about is this now becoming, is this particular attachment practice becoming unhealthy? The attachment's not unhealthy for the child, but then there are these these practices like um, you brought up. Uh, let's say the child is 10 and still sleeping with mom and dad, you know, I think pretty much everyone is, unless the child has a, a brain disorder or something, is going to say, mm, we need better individuation, you know. Um, but at five, coming, especially if having nightmares or something coming in, uh, yeah. okay, fair enough. But, you know, what's the pattern? And is the pattern now this child is six and still sleeping with mom uh, by then, I'm guessing the parent community is going to say, okay, we need to do something about that because we have competing attachments and and we always want to attach the child, but some of the child-adult separation parallels the attachment and the reattachment and bonding of the adult couple. Because, right, when the 
parents have children, especially the mom has a child, her attachment, uh, a lot of her attachment goes to the child. She's not as attached with her husband or partner, uh, you know, at her base she is, but in terms of practice and action, um, right. she's more attached to the child for a while now. And But we need to also protect those adult attachments. So all of that gets juggled. And part of why people have objections to kids, you know, now they're five, they're six or seven, always sleeping with the parents. Part of the objection is, and it's it's a true and good objection, that um, that now we're not protecting the attachment of the adults. And so we've got to find a way to stay bonded and attached with the child, but, you know, not from from midnight to eight or whatever it is, 10 to six, when the parents are now going to sleep together and we're not going to have the six year old child in our bed and I and I think that's worth having a discussion about, so that now it's so that no one is saying it's wrong for you to attach with your six year old. No one should say that. What we should say is, hmm, is it time for some individuation? And does it parallel the fact that I really need to protect this other attachment too with my spouse? Yeah, that's that's really helpful. It, it does lead to a. a another question. And, and just to say again, a lot of times we will use these questions at a starting point uh, and it'll take us off on little tangents. So sometimes like this question I'm asked now has nothing to do with the person who asked this question. Right. But, we veered off. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I, I remember it wasn't all that long ago that there were some discussions about breastfeeding and that there were some moms who were breastfeeding kids who were eight, nine years old. And uh, is that appropriate or not? Does there, is there, um, for some moms, not this mom who wrote the question, but sometimes are there moms who need to just step back and say, do I need to let go of this? And how do they know right. when that time is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to remember that the mom herself can have a personality disorder. Um, she can have a borderline or schizoid or, or narcissistic personality disorder. She's She could have a personality disorder or some issues. And then that gets involved with her child. And... Um, and so there are many there are many reasons that that moms dads that every adult can can mess up in attachment definitely and one of those can be not allowing for separation and individuation and not doing the normal uh pushback that every species does not just humans but every species the mom and and dad depending on the you know species with us it's mom and dad they care for this child, right? When the child is really young and vulnerable and they're utterly attached and then gradually there's separations, there's individuation. So the child can develop the core self and its own self uh, as much from the attachment as from the separation. And, um, and, and so we always talk about how separation is actually part of attachment and um, it's part of bonding. So if the mom has issues or reasons that she's not allowing the child to detach or to separate um, those she needs to get help for those and sometimes mm-hmm. her the husband or the partner will actually be saying you know and she she won't believe that partner but the partner will be saying you know this is a seven-year-old girl or seven-year-old boy and look at what you're doing there you know you're not letting him separate you're not letting him have independence you're not letting him sort through his own problems right and do his own problem solving and you know sometimes the spouse is wrong but sometimes the spouse is right uh so absolutely every species wants to attach and it wants to gradually separate and the kids themselves like the toddler years part of what the toddler years are what we call the 
terrible twos or the terrific twos. Part of what that is, is the child saying, it's time for me to separate mm -hmm. and it's time for me to individuate. So I'm doing it my way, right? And um, that's mixed in. Now, mom is still very attached to the child during those years, but, but you can see how the species, how the brain is sending signals and um, we we do sometimes. I wrote I wrote a whole book, one of my first books, a very Jungian book called uh, Mothers, Sons, and Lovers, which yep. which has been redone a number of times, many reprints, and and then came out as the Invisible Presence, uh, perhaps five years ago or so. Um, that whole book is on the mother-child relationship and the mother-son relationship, and it analyzes all of this because you can get something called impingement or enmeshment where yep. the, the child, in this case, we're talking about the boy, the boy gets enmeshed with the mom. And then as he's developing later, he can't bond well with his lovers or his spouse and even his own children. Um, he's having trouble bonding because he's projecting this mom that smothered him and that he's constantly enmeshed with and trying and impinged. He was impinged on, his development was impinged on. And then he's fighting these ghosts in this battle so I don't want to scare moms. Attachment is always good. <laughs> we love attachment, but uh, separation ain't bad either. So yeah. if uh, if we need to separate, it's okay. It's okay. So let's come back. Uh, I have one final question just to come back to this mom, because they, these are obviously not the issues for her. She's asking this question. So it shows that she's, she's concerned about it, wants to do the right thing. And her kids are still within the age where it's okay. Um, and, and you touched on this just a little bit. Uh, her husband is a little leery of this. Um, she's, she's not. Um, and you did say, you know, they probably need to have some discussions. So um, what, does a, uh, what does a husband need to know from his wife or the male partner need to know from his wife uh, to help him feel a bit more comfortable with the, the wife bathing with kids at that age? Yeah, a couple things. One is there may be a reason in his own past that this is uncomfortable for him. I mean, who knows his family situation, his child situation, anything. Uh, he could have been a sexual abuser. I mean, whatever it is, he needs to to really get into that stuff and use this as a moment in his marriage and family life where he gets into that and tries to figure that stuff out. Um, if any of this discomfort is coming from any of that trauma in his past life. Um, uh, but and secondly, let's say there wasn't any. Secondly, um, he 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 has to juggle, uh, and he has to express to her that he's juggling, that and then she needs to help with the juggling. He's juggling on the one hand. He's juggling the fact that he is male. He was a boy. He is getting a gut sense of something he thinks is uncomfortable that he's trying to express. And it's probably more for his five-year-old than his three-year-old. Uh, and, you know, and he needs to talk to her about that and say, and try to get at, why is that uncomfortable for me to see that? What am I worried about? And then they talk it through and maybe then he's not worried anymore. Or maybe that she goes, oh, you know, that's really interesting. Okay. I can see how I don't want to go down, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they, then she makes a different decision. Um, and, and that is what he needs from her, uh, and they need to have that conversation because it is her body. I mean, to some extent, he cannot control her body and he cannot control what she is doing with her body. And he cannot control what she does with her attachment, right? Um, 
parents parent differently. This is how she's attaching with her kids. So it has to be, uh, in my opinion, not about control. It has to be about a healthy couple having healthy conversations. And then at a certain point, uh, maybe the mom, I mean, he needs to know from the mom that if at a certain point he is seeing something she's not seeing, that she will believe him yeah. and that she will say, okay, you know, you're male, you were a boy, you're seeing something. I don't quite get it, but fair enough. I'll stop bathing with, and we've had that conversation. My guess is if they talk about this a lot and they think about it and they watch this kid's behavior, that he he may well become comfortable with it. And pretty soon, I think the five-year-old is going to stop bathing with her. I mean, I think by six, maybe, certainly by seven, five-year-old is going to stop it anyway. Yep. Yep. Good stuff, Michael. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. And Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we're going to be back with you again. We've got another question uh, for next week. And uh, looking forward to that. So thanks so much. Just a reminder to you, if you go to wonderofparenting.com, you'll not only find links to our sponsors, but you'll also find a place to submit questions to us. And that's a great, great place to submit a question if you've got something particular you'd like us to talk about. If you want to invite other people into the question, you can do that on our Facebook page, Wonder Parenting. And uh, once in a while, we'll, as you know, we'll pick up questions from that great site and we'll share uh, some of Michael's insights with you on that. So, Michael, once again, thank you so much. Well, my pleasure. Great question. And thank you for taking yep. it where you took it. That was great. <laughs> yep. Yep. And thanks, everybody. We'll be back with you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.